0: And if you order today, you can save 40% off. Use the promo code FAKETHENATION at the checkout, and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today, you'll get 40% off. Use the promo code Nation. Go to trymiracle.com slash FAKETHENATION. And Miracle so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30 day money back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.comslash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this. This episode. This is a headgum podcast.
1: Fake the Nation, episode 377.
0: Hello, hello. This is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about culture, and where we pour one out for Kevin McCarthy. I am your host, Nagin Farsad, and a holy motion to vacate. What an interesting time. And today, we'll say whatever needs to be said about Congress. We'll also talk about the Scandinavian sleeping method. We'll talk about one of Taylor Swift's dating red flags and how we should all be on the lookout for this. And the pandemic skip, what is it and has it messed you up? up. Today's show, folks. What a panel. What a delightful panel. Um so I'm really excited for this first panelist. He's been on the show a billion times and he introduced the pa- the pasta shape Cascatelli on this very podcast for the very first time and it just it's so thrilling because I now get to see that pasta on sale at various uh, vendors around the world, and it is so exciting to see the Cascatelli available at stores and to know that our listeners were the first to ever hear about it. He is also, more notably, host of the Sportful Food Podcast, which is just a wonderful, wonderful podcast that you should immediately be subscribing to if you haven't already. It is the wonderful Dan Pashman.
1: Hey, Nagin, great to be back here, and um, yeah, look, I, I continue to benefit from that the Fake the Nation bump. <laughs> introduce (laughs) a new product on this podcast there's no telling where it could go
0: I mean uh, absolutely Uh, comedians (laughs) and panelists you've heard it here Um, and then also joining us for the first time on this show and I'm so excited that he's on the show he has an off-Broadway show going on right now at Under the St. Mark's Theater in the East Village of New York City Um, it is called Pete and me—it is a non-depressing look at autism and family that is running for this weekend and next weekend. You should absolutely go see it. Um, I've heard wonderful things about this show. I can't wait to see it myself. He is also just a, just a stand-up comedian that just wows audiences um, around New York City and the country. Uh, he is the wonderful Graham Kay. Hey, Graham.
2: Thank you very much. I, I also invented a, a pasta shape. Uh, never took off. <laughs> uh, it's, uh,
0: it's
2: called uh, the the grandma Kelly. And uh, yes,
0: yes, and yes. I,
2: I push it on people when they come to my home, and they, they yes. no one likes it. Cuts the roof it's of your disgusting. mouth. It's disgusting. I've had, yeah, Yes. What's wrong yeah. with that pasta? Why I, did you ever I, invent I that? I insist on al dente. But yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, this is our all of our way of saying "fuck you, Dan" for inventing a pasta. <laughs> Everyone, it's like oddly, it's now it's now oddly on everyone's bucket list. It's like something no one ever knew they wanted to do, but now that I know someone who's done it, I'm like, God damn it! <laughs> right. Um. So that's what you've done to us. And I just want to remind listeners before we get into the show that if you want to support Fake the Nation and my dreams of forming some sort of a pasta. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash Farsad. it's the best way to support the show oh my gosh we have bonus episodes of the show um, you know for as little as $4 a month um, for $5 a month you get more stuff for whatever dollars a month you get other stuff I mean there's so many options it's a fun time just um, support
1: nagin don't you love nagin just do it you know, mean, this stuff doesn't make itself see
0: it's better when when you hear Dan say it but like <laughs> why don't you just support nagin you know what I mean um, but anyways thank you so much to the people who have been supporting the show low these many years it's been so delightful to have you as listeners um and uh and, and to get your thoughts you which you can always send us at fake the nation G- um podcast fake the nation podcast at gmail.com but, but again go to patreon.com slash to support the show and with that oh and then final little tidbit Friday, Friday, Friday. It's recap day. Folks, we are recapping the Golden Bachelor. I'm so excited. Wow. It is so ridiculous. Wow. Um, it's so fun. So many people have talked about talked to me about the silver fox that has that is at the center of the Golden Bachelor. And um and I can't wait to um, you know, sexualize him. And uh, <laughs> with,
1: objectify, I think.
0: <laughs> um, to objectify him, to just view him as a piece of meat, and um, to talk about him um, on Fake the Nation. So we will be recapping The Nation on Friday. Tune in um, for, for, for these um, wonderful bonus episodes that will appear in your feed. All right, let us get into it with topic number one. We're going to start with something light, something silly, something that cleanses the palate. And we found just that in the Scandinavian sleep method. What's that you say? Apparently, all it takes to follow the Scandinavian sleep method is to use two duvet covers. Instead, so you have a partner, you're mm-hmm. in a bed with your partner, and instead of sleeping with one cover, you sleep with two covers. Hmm. Um, Dan, what are your feelings on the Scandinavian sleep method?
1: I, I think it's very smart, honestly. I mean, like... it. To me, the, the bigger advantage, it's not so much an issue of, of pulling covers off in, in our bed um, that, that, that I worry about. It's more, it's more that my wife, Janie, and I have different temperature preferences, and so right. we have like a light blanket, and then we each have our own supplemental blanket, hers being much thicker than mine. Oh. So we do a version of this already, and that way she has warmer blankets than I do, and everyone can you know sleep at the temperature that they're comfortable at. So you know, I, I think that that kind of flexibility makes a lot of sense.
0: Wait, okay, I I have a question. So then in the day when you make the bed, then is there a, a heavy blanket a light blanket and then just like an overall bedspread and like it's or what's happening it,
1: it depends a bit on the season but there's like there's the sheet then there's a light blanket and then sort of like a second blanket that's seasonal that's light to medium and That's then, right. at different times of year, depending on the temperature, sometimes she'll have an extra blanket on top of her, but I'll have none.
0: Yes. Sometimes,
1: yes. and they're like in the dead of winter, we'll each have an extra blanket on top. But mine is a very light extra one, and hers will be like a thick fleece blanket.
0: Right. Right. Uh, and
1: then, when the bed is made, the nice-looking duvet is pulled all the way up, and these sort of like less knows. nice bu- the less, less nice blankets are folded at the edge at the
2: foot of the bed.
0: Yes. Okay. Got you. Um. I don't know, Graham. How does all this sound to you?
2: Well, I think you need to live in a cold climate for the two duvets. Duvet method to work. If you live in, let's say, Miami in June, and you have <laughs> two duvets, you're gonna have a you're gonna have a, a just a, a very swampy argument uh, all <laughs> night. <laughs> I also looked it up. Um, the divorce rate in Sweden is one in two marriages fail. So I don't know. Are you serious? Yeah. Currently. Currently, 2018. You know, is that, I don't know if that. Okay. Okay. Maybe they maybe they just invented two duvets in the past five years <laughs> and think they've had a wild swing. I prefer the Graham K method um, yeah. which is uh... which
0: you're calling the cascatelli
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> the Graham K method is uh, you have a girlfriend and she never moves in and then you just have <laughs> I love that I love when you love somebody and they have their own space you have your own space <gasps>
0: Right, You know,
2: you hang out all the time, you know, yes. maybe maybe six days a week, but you just you have a safety valve uh, and that's the Graham K method. Um, I am single. <laughs> I am single. But it, ignore that. Ignore that.
0: <laughs> maybe but you just I, don't have enough duvet cover. If you buy another duvet cover, Graham, yeah. you'll have a girlfriend immediately. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. I do have two. I do have two. The spring uh, yeah, you need one. Two you you need need girlfriends through. or two duvet covers? I do not have two girlfriends. Um, <laughs> okay. Do but, not maybe, tell Ann like, uh, and Margaret. Uh, they'll be pissed.
1: I think you should update your Tinder profile, Graham, to say that you are Scandinavian Comforter system uh, Adherent uh, Adherence, yes. yeah, and, and that, and listen, ladies, whatever your temperature preferences in bed are, and you, you don't, no, no covers will get stolen if you're with Graham because no. of this high tech. Absolutely,
0: you need to be a brat. You need to be like on Tinder. You need to be showcasing the various levels of blanket that you have for people. It should be your um, first photo. Right. Oh, absolutely. You need to lead with that. <laughs> you need to lead with that.
2: This is going to be I, huge. I nobody say, though,
0: cares what you look like, Graham. They only care right. about what your blankets look like.
2: <laughs> My clean sheets look. I have clean sheets. My <laughs> pillow smells nice.
0: By the way, I slept with a comedian once that, um, like, the in my, you know, in my, um, as I, I called them last week, I don't know if if that aired last week, but anyways, I, in my delightfully slutty years, I, uh, I, I slept with a comedian once who shall remain like nameless. And, like, did we sleep together? Or did we just, like, make out for many hours? I don't remember. But I was, it, it probably was the latter, because <laughs> his, like... I, I arrived to his home and I was like, oh, you don't clean this, I'm gonna light loosely use the word home. Right. Like, you don't. Know? <laughs> and I was so yeah. disgusted. And so that's the other thing that you, that should be front cover of the Tinder photo. It's just a clean apartment, yes. you know what I mean? And that'll like get a lot of ladies to drop trowel. That
2: actually, I'm, <laughs> not, I'm not joking. I think just showing you have a clean bedroom and like a bed frame.
3: <laughs>
2: um, right, yeah. but it should always be, be one locks. of the pictures on a dating profile oh, as a yeah. man. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yes. A yeah. Man, especially yeah. a comedian man. Totally. Um, Dan, you were gonna <laughs> yeah. say. Well,
1: it's, I mean, I, I, I like that statistic that Graham mentioned about you know about the divorce rate in Sweden because it points to something I wanted to raise, which is like I find it very funny that things like this are named the Scandinavian method. There is this fascination with Scandinavia that we have, as yeah. if they have everything figured out. My wife's family is from Czechoslovakia, and in Slovakia, they also have two different duvet system in many homes. It's very common there too, but nobody calls it the Slovak method no, because it's not hot. No, it's that, not who wants cool. to replicate that? You like you probably would assume there must be cabbage involved mm-hmm. somewhere. Like it's not appealing. <laughs> My mother like, is what from is it
2: about... is from Slovakia, east, east oh, eastern okay. Slovakia, and I I can attest that it's the 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 duvet method there is is uh, the cheapest sheets you could buy. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: <laughs> lowest thread count
2: lowest thread count right. yeah yeah totally
0: um i also want to i i do i think dan this is a really great point what was that like coffee thing they do fuga kige or whatever
2: the,
1: the coffee things but oh, I, I mean what I'm is sure it's just, it like, like
0: don't they have like a coffee afternoon rest break coffee thing. You should know uh, you this talking, food Are you talking about H- Higa? Higa. Th-
1: that, that's like a, a cozy time or whatever. Yeah, there's a whole song about that in the Frozen Broadway musical. I
0: just want to say um, in general, I'm also kind of a little over the Scandinavian primacy mm, when it comes yes. to dwelling mm-hmm. and like furniture mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I do what I would like to promote Slovakia on this podcast real hard <laughs> right now. <Yes.
1: laughs>
0: I want right. to see your Slovakia furnishing i want to see your slovakian bedspreads okay where are they at
2: dan dan have you been yeah. to, you've been to slovakia i have a couple times yeah, yeah. bedspread bed situation there is not great it's not. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, hard my wife spent six
1: months there teaching English, yeah. and let's just say that uh, if I remember correctly, like it was something weird, like the toilet was in the shower or yes, something. Like nice. the apartment where she was staying, yeah, it was well, very. I
0: prefer my toilet in the shower. I don't know why that's <laughs> yeah. weird for you. Guys. I mean, it's
1: sufficient for cleaning purposes,
2: but. <laughs> <laughs> I will say okay folk okay, go, oh, yeah never mind. say we, say
0: what, say what you will say.
2: I will say that maybe the reason why there is a Scandinavian dominance with design and function is because someone has traveled to Slovakia.
0: And... <laughs> <laughs> All of Scandinavia is in response to yes, Slovakia. Uh, yes. Okay, got you. Yeah. Um, that's a theory we're going with. I and I, I and I challenge anyone to fake the nation to prove us wrong. That's what it is. I love you, Slovensko. Um,
2: Just you know. Anyway.
0: <laughs> Let us move on yeah. to the second dumb topic of the day, which is um, of the segment. Um, now, I've declared on the show before that I'm not a Taylor Swift connoisseur, but even I have seen the images of her hanging out with her new boyfriend's mom. Uh, she was spotted sitting with him at a game. Her new boo is some sort of a football player that I understand to be very famous, though I've never heard of him. <laughs> I'm one of your typical ladies who doesn't understand the comings and goings of the ball on that grassy court. Um, And she was working. So but I did see images of her hanging out with the mom and she was working hard at getting into that mom's good graces from what I could tell um, on these uh, as I was lip reading, you know, these social media posts um, of her talking to the mom. Uh, but this is re- interesting for the rest of us because experts say this kind of behavior could be a relationship red flag, that it's an attempt to get validation and prematurely force intimacy, as as some of the experts have said, um, and that could lead to a split. So my question for the two of you is, does this strike you as a relationship red flag, either for Taylor Swift or for literally anyone who tries to introduce their to hang out with someone's mom too soon.
1: Well, I, I, I mean, first off, Nagin, I should tell you that I am both a huge football fan and a Swifty. Mm. So it's oh, a good Jesus. thing you have me okay, here okay. to help you navigate yeah, this, yeah, this right complex and very exciting topic. I'm so glad you went I'm, Yeah, um, I know nothing about either, so here
0: we go. <laughs> um,
1: if you've seen the Taylor Swift documentary, Miss Americana, as I have Twice, um, Jesus, you know that Dan, she... <laughs> my
0: God. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Continue.
1: You, <laughs> you. I mean, I look. I was the first Swifty in my family. Now I have a. My, now my wife and my two daughters, who are like thirteen and ten, are right in the sweet spot yeah. for all of this. So yeah. it's a big thing in our household. But anyway, uh, but I do like. I do like her a lot. Um, but she says flat out in the documentary, she's like, I have like sort of an endless need for approval and validation and that is what drives me you know but it's a problem but I sort of can't stop I'm paraphrasing yeah uh, but but she talks about sort of like how important it is to her to be liked and that the feeling of the crowd cheering for her is sort of intoxicating which you two as comedians I'm sure you haven't sold out MetLife Stadium but I'm sure you know that feeling and that it, it, is, it can be intoxicating and so um, and
0: we haven't made a pasta shape as well <laughs> okay Dan you want yeah, to point out about? All yeah. weaknesses. For the room,
1: no, one, no one cheered for <laughs> that um uh, in person at least but the point is so so um I think that she would own the idea that she is a person who needs a lot of validation mm. uh I don't think that she would argue that point um I think she is probably my read on her is that she's probably the kind of person who um ingratiates herself to anybody who she can get who she's in a room with I, I- I'm sure she can be extremely charming um when she when she wants to be so like it, it doesn't. It wouldn't shock me to say that that's true. The idea that it forces intimacy prematurely, like I don't know oh, that Travis Kelsey needs to be pressured into becoming intimate with Taylor Swift any faster. I'm sure he's like ready to go. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, he's yeah. not like a yeah. Slow right. your roll, Taylor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not ready,
1: Taylor. <laughs> um. So you know, like I, I. Yeah, but the idea that she's you know th- all that being said, if you listen to her song "Antihero," I think she's also pretty open about the fact that like she's a person who has, who you know. Like all of us has plenty of issues, and I think you know, um, you know, wouldn't shock me if a person who has been that famous for that long is a lot to handle in a relationship. Yeah. God. Um, yeah. So you know, is she is she going out of her way to ingratiate herself to Travis Kelsey's mother? Yes, probably. Like, is that a red flag? I don't know. I mean, like, it's better than being obnoxious to your significant other's mother. You yeah. know, like, you know. I, and I have mixed
2: feelings, you know. I, 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 I don't know. What do you well, think? Well, Graham?
0: Graham, have you dated Taylor Swift? What's your position?
2: Uh, I have not. Uh, she, okay. she is not responding. Well, she, she didn't
0: know about your duvet, your duvet covers. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes, yes. I have a spring and a winter duvet. Uh, I can't stress <laughs> that enough. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I recently invested in very and exp- Well, you know, for me, expensive sheets. Uh, anyway, nice. Uh, the, so when. What first when I saw this, I thought to myself, OK, so if you um, like an older man, you have if you're a woman, you have daddy issues. If you like, oh, now now that you like a, a man uh, your age, age appropriate. You have mommy issues, you know, like what 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 women can't win. Um, and then and then it kind of I thought about it more and I was like, they've been dating two weeks and she's hanging out with his mom. I I I usually it's like what 3 months before you meet the mom Oh
0: I mean y- yeah like months and months and months
2: Yeah right Yeah Yeah
0: When when do you like Dan do you remember when you met your girlfriend's mom at the I time mean, we, girlfriend We
1: moved fairly quickly uh our first date was in October uh, but it, it must have been at least a, a couple months. I'm sure it was not this fast, you know. Yeah. Um, and if she had been saying, "I want to meet your mom," "I want to meet your mom," yeah, it, it actually probably it probably would have made me feel a little bit like, you know, like like you're you're kind of moving a little bit fast here. Take it easy, yeah. like you know. I, I think anybody like, um, you know. That being said, I think sort of the other thing you got to factor like the, the the rules of dating Taylor Swift. Like I don't know that we can compare this. You know, like uh, there's only so many places that they can go, yeah. and you know, like she's in a break on her tour. Like in a few weeks, she's gonna be halfway across the world, right? Um, yeah. And so, like she's she she only has she's got this like whatever it is six weeks or so break yeah. on her tour that they have a chance to spend a lot of time together, and then she's gonna be gone again. It's
2: true, yeah. That that I, I as a touring comedian who is single. I really, if I have like <laughs> three weeks off. I really try and like get my hooks in,
0: right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Meet everyone's mom
2: before I'm gone for ten days or something. You know what I mean? And then they straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You it's a,
0: your second date is meet your mom. Yeah,
2: meet right. my mom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then by the end of the three weeks, you break up. It's great. Yeah, I I do think that she. The reason why she's so excess, successful is because she is a creative person who is also type A. Uh, and I think that happens to a lot of really successful artists. You have to p- kind of have both. And yeah. I, I think that she she's she's a like very business. She's like, I meet the mom. I do the thing. Blah, blah, blah. I think it must be like, I I bet you it's a very intense thing to date Taylor Swift.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: I bet you it's I bet a you lot. she has
0: a fucking spreadsheet yeah. in like, you know, and then it's like, okay, I start, I'm start. i starting to date. This is the spreadsheet for Travis, football player. And, uh, yeah, you yeah. know, and it's like item one, yes. like, you know, she, she buy even tickets know to games. <laughs> She's like, I don't know. <laughs>
2: the football court's Travis, football player.
0: <laughs> she doesn't have time for a last name. She has to be efficient. Swift, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Swifties don't know <laughs> She football. doesn't have time for last names. And then people like me also don't know any of these people's last names. But I would
1: imagine it's also very one of the hard things, not that we need to feel too sorry for Taylor Swift, but I do have, you know, some empathy for anybody who's that one of the few people on the planet who are that Recognizable. Yeah. You know, like every time she meets anyone in any situation, they are sizing her up. And yeah, yeah. and they are going to report back yeah. to every single person they know what was she like?
0: Yeah, was yeah. she nice? I also Did she have to smile? say, like you as know, as someone who's like I've I've met some celebrities in the line of doing the work that I do, and I've noticed that like when you earn their trust, they it's like there's few there's not that many people that they can just sort of like let loose with or whatever. So when they like determine that someone is trustworthy, they like become Fast friends. It's not... There isn't like a like a slow build up, I think the way there is with the rest of us. It's right, just like... because they
1: spend so much of their time being so guarded.
0: Exactly. So when they were like, Oh no, I could trust this person. They're like, Oh, you're my friend. And like, and then, then you're friends. And in, in some ways it's kind of refreshing because it's like, there's like very few questions left. You know what I mean? About like, Oh, I don't know. Are we friends? Like, it's just like quickly de- is just quickly determined that your friends are not. Mm, um, right. but like it is, it is, it is, I think a function of like being famous that puts, you know, some of those stressors on on, general any kind of relationship um well folks let me know what do you think of this is it a relationship red flag or does it make sense um dan had i would say an alarming amount of compassion for the situ- <laughs> for <Taylor Swift> situation for <laughs> <laughs> want to point it out um where are you guys let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors and when we come back we'll continue our chatter
3: HeadGum, it's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A com. Use code HeadGum at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of
0: course. Thanks again to Aura. Today's show is sponsored by Pros. This is kind of, I feel like, you know, I'm on some sort of Lord of the Rings journey trying to figure out skincare. And I feel like this customized skincare line is really got my name on it. Basically, every bottle of Pro's custom hair care and skin care, I tried the skin care just recently, is made to order and it's personalized. It's got a unique blend of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs, like specifically you. And then the way they do it is you take this great, like in-depth quiz, basically. They analyze over 80 factors for a complete view of your life, your beauty goals, um like I have oily skin that's also dry, which is just a fun little conundrum. I live in New York City. Like we've got these four seasons. My my face gets weird during seasonal shifts. Um I all of these things I got to kind of talk about in like in answering the questions. Um, The other fun thing was they asked us at the end, like, do you like a creamy type of moisturizer or like a less creamy kind? And I was kind of like, I think like less creamy. And they were like, that's fine. Like you can do that. But we think for your skin type, creamier is better. And I never knew that. So I love that there's so much kind of personal information that goes into creating this i got my stuff in the mail very quickly after i got a wonderful serum like i said this very creamy moisturizer Um, and this also very just delectably creamy cleanser that just kind of feel like i I think it's possible that i've been washing my face with just like harsh harshness (laughs) for like many years. Because when I saw this cleanser, I was like, oh, is this what it's supposed to feel like? It's supposed to feel like a little bit of a delight on my face. That's not what I've been doing. So I don't know, guys. And here's the thing. You don't have to take my word for it. In a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised, controlled clinical study, um, which is like the gold standard for research studies, pros prove that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives, which just sort of totally makes sense on a just logical level. If you think about it, just it makes common sense. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering my listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% of your first subscription order at pros.com slash fake the nation Um, will be taken off. That's Pros.com slash fake the nation. You get your free consultation and 50% off your one of a kind formulas. Uh, again, that's pros.com slash fake the nation. Go and get your just super personalized, luxurious skincare products and hair care products. That's what I'm going to try next. So, pros.com slash fake the nation. And we are back and we're ready for topic number two. So if you'll think back to January, Kevin McCarthy went through 15 votes before he was elected speaker of the House. Um, I would say it was a humiliating process for him, though he seemed to be. Totally cool with it. The 15th vote involved something called a motion to vacate where he agreed to a motion to vacate where one person, any member of Congress, could basically call for an ouster of Kevin McCarthy for literally any to no reason. Um, and so he kind of did this to himself. That said, he's managed to keep the job for like 10 months, uh, not not even a year. It feels like years, but he's only been in that job for less than a year. And um, there was so when when. Matt Gates brought this motion to vacate to the floor. Everyone assumed there would be some jockeying, some maybe Democrats wouldn't vote. So maybe maybe they would somehow delay the vote or whatever, like stuff like that. They just imagined a lot of things would happen. And I was following the news yesterday as it was all going down. And then suddenly it like just happened. There is no speaker of the House. All, de- all the Democrats voted to oust him, along with eight Republicans who are members of the Freedom Caucus, um, sort of um unofficially um voiced by matt gates who is a total weirdo i would say he's my guy he's my guy i love the gates (laughs) big gates are over here (laughs) he's a he's an um yeah i would say he doesn't have very many friends in congress got Um, this guy
2: he's got this guy except for graham
0: (laughs) as a congressperson himself graham loves (laughs) Matt as a
2: fellow coward uh, I love Matt Gates. <laughs> love his stride away from a problem. Well, I mean, yeah. G- yeah. like, Graham,
0: what do you think of this whole thing? And, I mean, were you surprised that, Gra- that that your buddy Matt took it this far?
2: I am not surprised. I think that a guy like him, he will do anything to be in the forefront of, of uh, a new cycle. I think he does not care about the country. I think he loves. I think that that sort of that that Freedom Caucus group. All they care about is themselves. They are uh, they are the most uh, Republican because uh, who cares about anybody else but yourself, right? You know,
0: I and, and it's interesting with Matt Gates in, in particular. Like, I wonder. I think about this with Ted Cruz as well. Like, I feel like Ted Cruz really just wanted to be a like an actor, like a, do musical theater. Yes. And- and he just like, act, like it just like unfortunately became a senator or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, I think that like about, um, yeah. and obviously like Vivek Ramaswamy, like he wants to be like a rapper. Like, why doesn't he just go do that? Like, it's, there's so many people that I think are like getting the like end up in politics because of a fame aspect, but like what they really want to do is something in entertainment. And I think Matt Gates really just wanted to be like a shock jock kind of podcaster or whatever. Totally, totally. Um, and, and it, doesn't quite make sense the, his job because his job is supposed to be serving a district and it's kind of really tangential to what he does do, which is just shit storms, you know. He does feel like he's like, you know, a uh, like a sideways, way less lovable Howard Stern, right? He just wants to say incendiary things and then just have that be his brand. Um mm. and so uh you
2: can always tell by the yeah. hair of what people's priorities are. <laughs> Do you know what I True. mean? The hair and the teeth. True. He's got those like fake veneers, the crazy hair. He has like Conan's hair. Like Conan's in showbiz.
0: Conan in showbiz. Yeah. He's allowed to have that he's hair. He's supposed to yeah. have that
2: hair. You know, this guy's yep. in showbiz in his head.
0: Dan, what are your thoughts on Matt Gates's hair? No, what are your thoughts <laughs> on, <laughs> on this whole fucking thing? I mean, I was shocked. I mean, I... I
1: I wasn't shocked. I mean like the you know they Matt Gates and his you know group of 8 or 10 congressmen I mean they've been planning this since McCarthy you know th- they only agreed to let McCarthy be speaker on the condition that they would have the ability to call for this vote and remove him very very easily you know, much more easily than it would have been in Congress's past. And so and 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 the basically the condition was like if McCarthy compromises with the Democrats at all, they're going to pull this lever. And he compromised with them a little bit a few months ago, and they shook their fists and threatened, and he compromised again, and they shook their fists and threatened. And he, w- when they passed this um, extension to avoid the shutdown the other day, the 45-day extension, and and McCarthy compromised with Democrats to get it done, um, you know, Gates and his ilk, you know, Hold the lever that they've been threatening to pull. Um, and so it was only a matter of time before they were going to do it, because if they didn't do it, at the, if they didn't do it now, then they would look like fools because they've been th- because their whole negotiation in January was to give them the power to do this. And they've been threatened it every other week since then. So at a certain point, if they don't ever do it, no one's going to take them seriously. So they had to do it. But I think you're right that they thrive on wreaking havoc. Um, and that's sort of a a, a certain group of extreme republican conservative uh, uh, congress people, and even some of the less you know uh, extreme ones. you know, I think the the question that I'm more interested in is like what should the Democrats do because, as you said, really, like all the Democrats voted to oust McCarthy. There's no guarantee that the person that uh, the, it, if it ends up being someone else that that person will be better for Democrats right. or better for the country um. You know, I, I think the Democrats' posture, as I understood it, which I thought was pretty good, was sort of like, "Look, if M- if McCarthy will agree to to work with us on some issues and to try to find some common ground and get things done, then we'll vote him back in." Um, but and, and McCarthy's response was, "I'm not talking to the Democrats." So they said, "Fine, then we're not voting for you." Um, but if that changes, like I, th- I I I think they should still be open to. Compromise because they're not going to get a Democrat in there. So it's going to be a Republican. So, you know, I f- sort of feel like that uh, ho- hopefully the Democrats can use this as leverage as a way to uh, actually get things done. And then they can position themselves as the party that actually gets things done.
0: The thing, um, the, and- the part that was really surprising to me was that Kevin McCarthy actually called Hakeem Jeffries. And said before all this went down, it was just like, yeah, you guys should basically like vote for me, like just because, and I'm not giving you any concessions. And they were like, "Uh, okay, well, in that case, like, and then, and I actually thought the Democrats would keep him and vote present and change the numbers and make it impossible for this to happen. Because just for stability' st- sake or whatever, and because in November they're going to have to redo the fucking um, budget stuff, and you know we averted a we averted a crisis where the government shut down literally a couple days ago, and that's exactly why Matt Gates called for this, because he's you know a chaos monkey and doesn't you know he wants the government to shut down or whatever, but but um and he, he doesn't want to see anyone working with Democrats and 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 the way McCarthy got it through the finish line and was working with the Democrats, so my thought was oh they'll just he'll just work with the Democrats again to save his job. But, like, that's not how it happened. And then it at first I thought, ah, oh, it feels a little vindictive or something for the Democrats to, like, vote this way. But then if you look at the evidence, it's like, well, he cut a spending deal with the White House then reneged on it, right? Like, he wasn't a, a, a good player when it came to, that, to, to, to the spending deals that they had. He passed some shitty legislation along the way. He launched an impeachment inquiry, like, I would say cavalierly um, against Biden, you know, with with very, you know, little to no evidence, with members not even approving of the impeachment inquiry, it, um, it just seems like, oh, he, I guess, he wasn't, you know these these actions didn't make him beloved among Democrats. You know what I mean? So I can kind of see why they did that. Now, here's my net, my other question for you guys. Newt Gingrich wrote an op-ed asking, basically calling for the ouster of Matt Gates, being like, "This guy's the problem, and he is the problem." If he did, if he hadn't have done this, if he hadn't have insisted on them of that in that clause in the speaker's um, tenure, then none of this would would have happened. Um, and what do you think of the idea of ousting Matt Gates? I, I don't well, know what kind well, of what, 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 it, what does that mean? Ousting? That?
1: I mean, he, he's an elected representative. You can't just oust him. Oh no, no, oust sorry, ousting
0: him from the party. Like you can, I think you can like oust people from the party, out oh, from I their see. seat. I see. Okay, I'm, but you could I'm say like, like you're not in our party anymore.
2: I'm from Canada, and I was very <laughs> confused. I was like, oh, you could just get rid of him, I guess. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. No, no, cool. no, no. Yeah, Par- party affiliation. Yeah, sorry.
2: Blast him to the moon. Uh...
0: <laughs>
2: I, I mean, I, I think Matt Gates is. I, I
1: I wouldn't put too much focus on him. He is a symptom of a larger problem. You know, the problem is that you know, like, you know, it, it, if you get rid of him, one of the others of his ilk will step forward to seize the headlines. Right. Um. You know. Right. And look, I, 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 it would be, it would be like when trump got elected in what was it 2016 i i said that i think that you know either he's either going to break the country in half or he's going to break the republican party in half and if i were the democrats my strategy would be to Force the issue among the Republican Party to force them to choose, to uh, to, to you know, to to you got to keep winning elections, but give the somewhat centrist Republicans a way out, an opportunity to like work together and make them look good instead of just trying to bury all of them because that's not going to get you what you want. But like, you know, I, I, I and I think like maybe this will work. Like I, I think they're doing pretty well right now but you know hopefully they can get mccarthy to come back to the table and negotiate something with them and maybe he gets voted in a speaker with 300 votes which would be you know a a, a huge majority uh, on the condition that he works with democrats i'm not optimistic that will happen but like there's a possibility
0: because I, I, I do want to say i don't it, understand
1: why he's so reluctant to do that like he's not from the craziest red he's district. not
0: he's in from california like,
1: Right. So like, I don't understand why it's not in his own best interest mm. to be like, I'm the guy that reshaped Congress and got it working again by working with Democrats. I feel I like just, he could run I know. for president my, my if he p- did that. My feeling huh. is
0: like the smart move is marginalize the Freedom Caucus. that are yes. it's, And again, if we, you want to talk about numbers and just to make let's make ourselves feel better for like two seconds here. The Freedom Caucus is eight, eight people, like eight people voted to oust McCarthy out of 221 Republicans. So these are like, it's, we're giving them way too much power. (laughs) Like, just way too much power. So, like, if if I'm Kevin McCarthy, I'm just like, yeah, let's marginalize the, those people. Let's work with moderate Democrats. This is ridiculous. Like, I I don't, I'm not, it's not fun anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. trying to appease those people. Why are we appeasing those people? It's ridiculous. So, uh, yeah, it to, to, to me, you're not going to get some of your crazy, like, super conservative legislation passed. Yes, that's what that means. But you'll get some of your moderate, you know, legislation passed and that'll be great we'll vert shutdowns we don't have to like hem and haw for that shit forever endlessly it's boring it's stupid everyone's tired of it
2: I, I couldn't agree more that as uh, as someone who uh, wrote their their undergrad thesis on the rise of, so, of uh, 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 fascism in Germany uh, there was a small okay. little group little group of guys uh, called the National National uh, Socialist German Workers Party Um, and, and, and people just kept trying to appease them, this little group instead of marginalizing them. And they kind of just let this little group that was never big, German, Germans were educated. They were like, these guys are bad. And they just kind of let them encroach over time. Yeah. And, and you have, I, you have to some way marginalize these people and you cannot appease them. You cannot just give them a little teddy bear to play with. You have to like. Slice them off. Yeah. Slice them in
0: half. Yeah. So. No, that's exact. That's exactly right, folks. Where are you at on this? Um, ouster of Kevin McCarthy as as of the time of this taping on Wednesday, we still don't have any word on. Um, there's like an in, the interim dude who took over Patrick Hen- Henry or something. I can't remember his name. Uh, so that dude is like kind of uh, inform. You know, it, it officially like you know. Doing the interim role, but they're still—they've got to figure out what's really going to happen. We don't know. It's—it could take a—you a, know—it could take some time. It's frustrating. All right, let me know what you think. Let us move on to topic number three. So we read a piece in The Cut called The Pandemic Skip, which the writer Katie Schneider defines as the strange sensation that our bodies might be a step out of sync with our minds. And one of the things she talks about in the piece is the warped passage of time. Um, And in fact, studies show that stressful experiences tend to make it feel unclear how much time is passing. Um, That's from the article. and I guess my first question for both of you is, you know, now that we're at this time in the pandemic, and I felt really clearly in the last couple of few months that we're in this period where like I'm looking back at the pandemic as like a historical phenomenon as opposed to like something I'm in still, you know, and um, how have you sensed the passage of time during and then since the pandemic like where are you mentally and what how much t- how much time has felt like it has passed
2: um i it feels it i i'm 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 not the best person to ask this because my life kind of continued in a way like i stayed in brooklyn my friends all stayed in brooklyn we had like a group of 10 people uh that would just sort of that was my bubble and we would like hang out on on like rooftops of friends houses and like and then i would do comedy shows like in parks i would bike to comedy shows in parks and i very in a, I, I i i i in a guilty way i mean i was very stressed and scared for the first you know year
0: few months yeah
2: but you know i I had a, I saw people all the time, you know, I, you know, in like a six, in like a social distance way outdoors, but I saw people all the time and I still got to perform, um, and like, and I, you know, I'm, so it feels like a long time. It feels like there is, it, for me, it feels like the pandemic, which was where we lived in it was like two years, it it feels like that, and that was like three years ago. It feels like that was five years ago to me. It feels like before right. pandemic times feels, doesn't feel like a skip. It feels like extra time.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: It feels like I was a different guy. Uh, I, I was fancy free. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it, it almost
1: it, like, uh, it sounds like, Graham, you're saying it's like,
2: it's like it was an alternate universe. It was an alternate, yeah. It was it it yeah. I was also it might also be my age. I was like in my 30s and now I'm in my 40s. So maybe I just sort of came out of it a, a middle-aged man. <laughs> you, know? you had reading glasses, yeah, you didn't know where I, they I came have reading from. Reading glasses now for real. <laughs> Staring at a, I wrote a dumb script and I spent just looking at a computer all day. It grew in my eyes. That's that's what I not not that I got older. I, that's not it. And yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, I came out a middle aged man. So yeah.
0: Dan, how was your perception of t- how is your perception of time been?
2: Yeah, I mean, certainly I, I agree. I agree with Graham that
1: the pandemic itself feels like it was so long ago. Yeah. Um. Like I can't like it's it's fall 2023. I mean, like it, it was a year and a half ago it was still like you know like it was sort of like the the winter 2022 to 2023 when we had that big bounce back yeah
0: Whoa! Wait, what no, is was that? that? Right? See, I don't even remember. That's the other thing. I feel like I don't <laughs> no. remember so many. Yeah. Things. It, it was
1: the, 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 sorry, no, no. See, I'm wrong. It was the winter of 2021 into 2022. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. That
0: was the, um, the Omicron. Omicron or whatever. Yes, yeah. where
1: it, it, like we thought it was gone and it came back. You oh, know? Omicron,
0: Omicron, and, Omicron. Yeah. <laughs> I'm losing my mind. I remember.
2: I brought it. Right. I brought it to the Detroit area. Sorry. Oh, that was you. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, that was you. Thanks, sorry, Greg. Midwest. Yeah. yeah. Good job.
0: <laughs> No, I remember because, but uh, it was like the Christmas, so that a lot of people had to s- cancel their plans. Yes,
1: mm-hmm. yes, yes. So, so, so that was that was coming up on two years ago.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: Like, like this holiday season, it will be two years since that holiday season. Um, but it
0: feels like a, a like just a bowl of porridge. Like I can't yes. distinguish stuff. It's,
1: yes, it's very disorienting. I agree with that. Although I also I do wonder, like, big. Events in life and the world lead us to mark time, and so it s- forces us to stop and think. Hmm, when was that? How long ago was that? Um, I think that most uh, life, once you get once you're like not in school anymore, all is this sort of like
0: yeah, right. it's bolus. It's,
1: it's like this chewed up mush, and yeah. you don't have anything to mark time, and so you know, like. What's the worst cliche in you know, kids? Everyone who has older kids comes to you and says, cherish it. It goes by so fast. Yeah, yeah. And I always think to myself, really? Because it feels like it's taking forever. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, but like if, if you think back, like, yes, on one hand, when you're in the rush of life, it feels like it's going by fast. But if I think back to when my older daughter, who's now almost 13, was a baby. That feels like forever ago. When I think back to even like her graduation from elementary school. Yeah. Feels like forever ago. And so, you know, part of me wonders if like we're in general bad at tracking time. And it's just that we need big events to remind us of how bad we are at
0: it. Um, it's interesting because in the piece they talk a lot about like different age groups and what they skipped basically Um, and she writes in the piece we've heard of those freshmen in high school who never having attended middle school went back to their classrooms punching each other like 12 year olds a friend skipped from 57 to 60 and when she started dressing up to leave the house again realized she felt distinctly out of sorts in her clothes her dresses felt suddenly too short or too colorful at 57 she said patterns felt ironic at 60 they didn't and that's a little bit like what you're saying Graham that like you went to went into the pandemic like a vibrant 30 something yes. and you came out of it a middle-aged man with reading glasses. Yes. Um that's like I and that's where and, and I think like you <laughs> I had also a very social pandemic. Um and and I was on rooftops, a lot of rooftops doing stand up, right? So like mm-hmm. I it's not like I you know there was a few months where none of that was going on and it felt weird. But then like, once I figured out a sort of pandemic routine that it, it involved a lot of friendships and involved a lot of um, rooftops and involved, a, you know, it involved a, honestly a fair amount of standup. And so I didn't, I don't feel that like I came out of a cocoon feeling, but I do feel that like, I mean I don't live like that anymore. I was extremely happy to see the rooftop shows go away mm-hmm. in favor of an indoor show. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the the that time uh um it just feel it feels confusing and I also feel like I had a I actually feel like my ch- my kid was in a in a good age for it because she was like one, so yeah, it's not like she was in school. Perfect. She was like gonna do the same kind of shit yeah. anyway. Yeah, um, pooping her And pants. I almost and <laughs> shit her pants. You, pants you know pants what anywhere. I mean? Yeah. She fucking yeah. she shit her pants. Yeah. She did some coke. Yeah. Um, you know when we allowed it, just a couple rails, nothing too much. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. You want to get a toddler yeah. more energy.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're always sleeping. You know, uh, so it um, the one of the age groups that she talks about in the piece is that she was in her 30s. And she talks about there being a tight arithmetic to these years because of the biological clock. Um, I would imagine that's like an interesting, that was a weird age group to be in for if you're a lady yeah. and your fucking uterus is yeah, decaying. Yeah, I
2: never thought about that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you don't have one. Another win, another machines.
2: win for the fellas. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that does that is that is like quite something. I uh, yeah, I always thought like what the worst age. I was always wondering like what the worst age would be for the pandemic. You know, is it like and
0: would you come down on it? Is yeah. it high
2: school? Because those are pretty um, you know important years, and you missed oh, two years yeah. of high school. You know, it's either, I think it's either like high school or when you're at, you're like retired after 65 and you're like, you've worked your whole life and you're like, these are the you years, travel, baby. I worked yeah. my whole life at UPS and now I'm going <laughs> to f- go to Florida right. and it's like,
0: you've been waiting for I it. I have
2: 10 years where I can still walk and enjoy stuff, you know, and there, two of those are gone. 20% That's, yeah. Yeah, of like my ability to have free time, free money and walk are gone. And who knows I would say
0: I would say high school, though, is a really is like top on the list because that shit is so informative. Yeah.
2: You know? right. And,
1: and yeah. I mean, like, it depends on where your kids are going to school. Like for us, we only had remote learning for the first few months, yeah, and then they were back in school the following year with masks. Um, but yeah, like you know, it, it would be very disruptive, you know, for young people. I mean, we, our, our kids were like seven and ten when we started the pandemic, and my wife and I said, you know, we always we talked to each other about how lucky we felt that our kids were those ages, because you know, the people with really little kids. Mm-hmm. That was awful, awful. Like, my brother has kids who are younger. It's like they can't, like, they couldn't really do remote learning without help. They can't really be left alone right, for like any a long stretch Right, kindergartner. T- yeah. Like, that right, would have really right. They need a parent sitting next to them the entire yeah. time. So if you have a job, too, yeah. you know, what do you do? Um, we were lucky that our kids were old enough that they could mostly handle remote learning and then they could mostly entertain themselves. Um, And but we're also still young enough that like didn't mind hanging out with their parents,
0: right? You know, whereas like like, if it happened now, my thirteen
1: year old would be pissed, so pissed.
0: I I never wanted to see my parents at all. Starting at age eleven, yeah. Um, Okay, well, folks, let me know about you know how do you how do you perceive the pandemic skip? Was there a skip for you? I'm so curious to hear. Hit me up, folks. That is the end of the show. Um, I, oh gosh, I always feel good Um, after an episode of Fake the Nation. I feel particularly good after this episode of Fake the Nation because the two of you are so goddamn fun. My God, do I want the people of Fake the Nation to know where to find you and all the stuff that you do. Graham, where do they do that?
2: All right. My Instagram handle is hard. There's no way okay. to make it easy. My name is weird, Great. especially for Americans. There are no Grahams um, in America. I say my name's Graham. Ten out of ten times they go gerg, uh, <laughs> or they go gram, like the the, the unit of weight. Uh, it, it what is, do you say, like the cracker?
0: Yeah, the cracker. I the always Graham, say
2: like the, like the cracker. And here's what I'm about to do. Well, it depends what neighborhood you're in. Uh, I am. It's at Mr. Graham K is my Instagram. Mr. M R, not M-I-S-T-E-R, but M R. Then Graham is spelled like the cracker, and then K, not the letter K, but K. A Y Mr. Graham like the cracker K like the jeweler Uh, and (laughs) you can find all my uh, info. I got a link tree there. One thing and well, there are two things, but the main thing I want you to know is that I have an off Broadway uh, one man show, one person show uh, perform and I'm performing it at under St. Mark's Theater in Greenwich Village, New York City. Uh, It is called Pete and Me, A Non-Depressing Look at Autism and Family. It is a uh, solo show about growing up with my brother, what it means to be the sibling of a disabled person, and the sacrifices you have to make uh, as a child, and what it means for me when my parents uh, pass of natural causes, or I go up to Canada and shoot them in the head.
0: Uh <laughs> oh God, Jesus yeah. Christ that promo got dark yeah. <laughs> just
2: <now. laughs> yeah yeah
0: um folks and then you and and I don't know if did you say this it's gramk.com is where you can you get You can get tickets get thank you I forgot I forgot
2: you can get tickets at k.com uh that is spelled uh, like the cracker like the jeweler.com I also have a comedy special if you don't live in the New York area. Uh, if you live within a five-hour drive, I expect you to come. And yeah, absolutely. Uh, Yes. Yeah, so I have a comedy special on YouTube. It's available uh, for free. It's called Graham K. Live in a Bowling Alley.
0: All right. Love dot GrahamK.com, folks. Um, go see. Go watch. Do, uh, do what you got to do. It's going to be a fun one. And Dan Pashman, where do people find you? Uh,
1: So the Sporkful Food Podcast, we like to say it's not for foodies, it's for eaters. Even if you're not, it's not about restaurants and chefs and cooking and recipes, it's more about uh, storytelling and we do science and history and culture and identity all through the lens of food and we have a lot of fun doing it. So check out the Sporkful Food Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and, yeah, if you want to try my uh, my pasta shape, the original version is made by Sfolini. They're a great artisanal pasta company. It's spelled S-F-O-G-L-I-N-I. Go to Sfolini.com. You can order it. Ship right to your door. We also sell the Cascatelli. Sfolini's Cascatelli is um, Whole Foods. It's at some Walmarts. It's in the Fresh Market um, and many other boutique stores. And I launched two new shapes with Sfolini called Vesuvio and Quattratini, which are also on the website and okay. in some stores. So, Go get them, and they hold a lot of sauce, and they're really delicious.
0: They are really delicious. Having eaten them myself, I cannot uh, recommend them highly enough. They're so uh, the the Cascatelli, at least I haven't tried the new ones, which I'm excited to try. But the the original, um, so delicious. So what is it? it had fork forkable forkability?
1: Yeah. So these are like the three metrics I inv- I came up with to judge all pasta shapes. There's forkability, which is how well does it stay on the fork. Sauceability, how well does sauce adhere, and mm. tooth sink ability, which is how satisfying is it to your teeth into it. So when I spent three years trying to invent my own pasta shape, these were the metrics that I was I was trying to come up with a shape that would just nail all three of these. Frankly, I think a lot of shapes, maybe they're good at one or two of these, but they don't nail all three.
0: This one really does. I, I, I like... I truly I can attest, and I get such a thrill when I see Cascatelli on sale um, at stores near me, so uh, it, it just buy it when you see it, folks. It's so exciting. Um, and you know where to find me and all the things I do. I just want to remind you that I'm going to be at the Kennedy Center on October 21, um, and I'm going to be in... Um, at the Rustin Community Center on November 17th. And all this information is on my website that is theoretically updated. I believe that it is updated. Um, so November 17th, Rustin Community Center, which is just outside of um, Washington, D.C., I'm going to be doing my full hour. And then I'm going to be doing at the Kennedy Center. Like, I'm, I'm seeing this show called um, Comedy Saves Democracy. Um, and I'm going to be doing a weird thing that I've never done before. So thank theoretically it'll be a good time unless it's a disaster because I haven't done it before. We'll right. see. Be Either great. way, it'll be fun to But the good news is I'm doing it at just a, a, a tiny little venue called the Kennedy Center. <laughs> so it's not like there yeah. are any stakes there. Yeah. Um, but again, you can find all my stuff at NaginFarsad.com. You can support the show at Patreon.com slash um, What I really want to do is thank everyone who uh, makes the show a possibility. That's our fantastic producer, Andrew McGuire. Um um, Gabby Alter wrote our theme music. Thanks to everyone at HeadGum for making the show a possibility. If you have any questions, thoughts, ideas, you can email us at fakethenationpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks so much to everyone who's been coming out to shows in San Francisco and San Diego. It's so great to see um, Fake the Nationers in the wild. Don't forget, we have a recap for you, recap the nation of The Golden Bachelor coming to you this Friday, October 6th. And... Um, Again, uh, that's it. I think that I think I said it all, folks. Uh, we will be back in your earballs next week. That was
1: a headgum podcast.